Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Monday morning, the 27th of July. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11 a.m. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Government business is still working at full steam with some of the most important work any government has been challenged with needing oversight in the coming weeks. The doll will rise this week and go into recess for a short summer holiday. Fighting coronavirus, getting children back to school and injecting a stimulus into the economy. Just some of the issues which will bring politicians back to work in September, taking the month of August off instead of the usual 10-week break. The plan to return to school will be published today and we'll hear if preparations can be made over the short four weeks available to do that safely when we talk to secondary school teachers later but we'll begin today with the plan published last week the July stimulus. We're joined by Fine Gael TD for Meath East Helen McEntee who is the Minister for Justice and a very good morning to you Minister and thanks for joining us. Uh, this is a multi-billion plan aimed at kick-starting the economy but there's been a lot of criticism already? Well, look, I I think you'll always have criticism when you announce anything. But, you know, as you've rightly said, this is a 7.4 billion euro package. If you break it down, there's 5.2 billion euros worth of direct support, be it either through the extension of the temporary wage subsidy scheme, the pandemic unemployment payments, commercial rates that are are being wavered. There's various different things that are outlined in this. But you also have 2.2 billion euros worth of secured loans that are available to business as well. I think what's important about this package and and maybe what people have been doing is highlighting what's not in it. This is not um, a package that's going to solve absolutely everything. And I think we've tried to be clear on that. This is essentially an injection or a boost um, of a once-off stimulus to try and firstly support business and, and to keep business going where they haven't closed. It's to get businesses back up and running where they've unfortunately had to close over the last number of weeks and haven't been able to open. It's to sustain employment, it's to get people back to work, but it's also to lay the groundwork for what comes later on in the year and potentially what comes next year. So while there's a huge amount in this, you still have to take into account that we will still have the budget in October. We will still be setting out, obviously, further supports in that, but also setting out a three-year economic plan as part of that budget as well, which will set out not just the short-term stimulus, but a longer term as well. So there's a huge amount that's been discussed in this package alone 
but also it's not everything that will be further uh, discussions for the budget, which is coming up mm. now really yeah. very shortly, as you say, yeah, before when we come back in September, it'll be the first thing that we're dealing with. But this package, I mean, you know, what we've tried to do is make sure that we can get people back to work where they haven't been working, where we can create employment, where jobs are not going to mm. be returning because we've seen some sectors that are hardest hit, and in particular the hospitality it's an insurmountable, sector. It's a, well, it's an insurmountable challenge for some people uh, as it stands, isn't it? I mean, there's a, a lot of people who are out of work through no fault of uh, their own uh, and can't get back to work because of uh, the restrictions. Absolutely. And and what we've tried to do, and in particular for the hospitality sector, which we know has been hardest hit, we know that obviously with the the downcrease or or the reduction in number of people travelling in in terms of um, tourists, even those who are are out and about, you know, there there needs to be an injection of confidence in people being happy to actually go out, to have dinner, to have a meal, to go into the shop, to spend money. And this is one thing that we know, and and I know this even from Mm. meeting with my own credit union uh, only two weeks ago, savings have increased. People are saving not just in credit unions, but in banks. Mm. And what we're trying to encourage is that people would spend this money at home. And by spending this money, they're creating jobs, but they're also creating an environment that certain industries and sectors can begin to grow again. Um, and that's but there are, the stimulus package but and there are businesses, projection. there are businesses, there are employers and there are employees who are not part of this conversation, not as yet. The pubs, for example, I mean, as I understand it, they might open on the 10th of August, but they might not. My sense would be that they're not going to open until the children return to school. Well, look, this is a conversation that has to be had. Um, but, you know, I would really like to see um, many of these businesses which are family run, they're small, they're in our local communities. And they have put a huge amount of effort into putting measures in place to ensure that they are compliant with public health guidelines and regulations. Um, and what we need to make sure in any decision that we make and moving on to the next phase, which is due to, to happen Monday week or, or just a week, the 10th, uh, sorry, the, the 10th of July or August, August yeah. mm-hmm. 10th of August, mm-hmm. um, that these measures are in place and that we take into account the current uh, figures, I suppose, and, and what kind of mm. trends we're seeing. Now, thankfully, the trends when it comes to the OR number, when it comes to the number of deaths, that has, uh, I think, reduced, but it's also steadied. And it's about looking uh, at what uh, impact the potential mm. further opening of our economy will have on these. Of course, we want to get children back to school, and I think that needs to be our number one Prioritised over the pubs, yes. But we, no, mm. but we, we also mm. need to make sure um, that we're taking into account all of the possible factors and if by opening the pubs on the 10th of August we feel there isn't going to be an increase because it's been managed well or we can manage it and again we have to base mm. that on the last number of weeks then I think that's something that we should do. And that will at every stage we have been able to, to take all of these figures into account before we've moved on to the next stage and, and this instance mm-hmm. won't be any different. And of course that will leave uh, employees, bar staff on uh, the POP, the Pandemic Unemployment Payment. Uh, and that payment is set to be cut and cut and cut again going uh, over a period of time from €350 to €200. Uh, And it it seems as though people on that payment have different rights than the rest of us.
That's um, a problem with the phone line there. <laughs> okay, that's uh, the Minister uh, for Justice, Helen McEntee. I have no idea what happened to the phone, uh, but we'll try and reconnect uh, the line because, of course, there is a lot of controversy this morning about uh, the pandemic unemployment payment following a report in uh, the Sunday Business Post yesterday, which has highlighted how some 104 people have had their payment cut since uh, the 7th of July because uh, they were trying to travel overseas and another 44 social welfare recipients have also had uh, their payments cut because they were trying to go uh, abroad. Uh, the Minister is back on uh, the line. Thanks uh, for bearing with us, Minister. I'm not sure uh, what the problem was there, but uh, thank you for coming back okay, to us. Okay, my apologies. No, I mean, in terms of the pandemic unemployment payment, what we've tried to do, uh, and people will see that while some of the rate has been reduced, we've actually extended the length of time by which this can be available. So we see in other jurisdictions April, yeah. where, mm. to, to April, mm. we see in other jurisdictions where uh, the pandemic unemployment payment or their equivalent is ending um, in October of this year. What we've tried to do is acknowledge the fact that this is not going to end in October, that business is not going to be back to normal, uh, that in some instances people are not going to be able to, to work uh, in their, I suppose, their work environment. That but do recipients need to forfeit their civil rights? I, I'm not sure what you mean. The freedom of movement, the, the right to the freedom of movement. Uh, people are being told... You can't go abroad. If you go abroad, your payment is cut. That's a a different situation to the rest of the population. Well, I think what you find here, and and I've I've dealt with a number of cases in this regard throughout the pandemic, and particularly when we were in uh, very restricted movement where people had asked, can they travel abroad? Um, In these instances, I suppose it was for very serious family reasons, um, where it was absolutely necessary for them to travel, where they communicated with the social welfare office that this is why they were travelling then there was no issue. And I think that's important to state here that we don't, uh, in any instance where people are on social welfare payments, we don't prevent them from having holidays or, or from travelling um, where absolutely necessary. But where people are travelling, where they're being asked not to do so or where they're not available for work. And this is mm. you know, a point about the pandemic unemployment payment. If, if you have been let off work and if you are not working, you still, similar to the, to the, uh, to the previous schemes, you have to be available to work. And if it's felt... Um, but social welfare recipients were always entitled to holidays. Absolutely, and, yeah. and that will remain to be the case. But not, not overseas. So, uh, I mean, there is a, a difference in the civil rights of a person who's on uh, the pandemic unemployment payment and somebody who is not. Well, I, I would disagree because what I would say is we're there's asking a sanction. everybody we're asking everybody to remain at home. But there's there's, their a, holidays there's a sanction. You're cutting off somebody's income if they disobey, uh, 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 if uh, they're on that payment, if they don't follow the advice or the guidance or whatever it is, the rest of us can say, well, look, we'll make our own minds up. Well, what we've asked people, and this is absolutely everybody, whether they're on the pandemic unemployment payment or no, not. I, I understand, and, and, I, and I'm not saying that people should travel abroad, but what I'm saying is that the difference is very clear. There's a sanction against one cohort of people, and there is not a sanction against another cohort of people. Well, I, I don't believe this is a sanction. Uh, it's the same terms that would apply to any other type of job seekers payment where if you are not available to work or if you are um, not actually working in the jurisdiction, and these are the terms that I uh, understand to be applied to this, mm. then you should not be in receipt of your pandemic unemployment payment. But I'm not aware that somebody who is going on holidays um, is going to be treated unfairly in that regard or have their payment cut. That's never been the case. But we are asking all people, whether you're on the pandemic unemployment payment or not, 
to travel or to, to holiday at home, that it's safer to do so. And anything above and beyond that, um, then obviously it, it's going against travel guidance as from the government. But, you know, people should be available to work if they're on the pandemic unemployment payment. Mm. If they're not or if they're not actually working in this jurisdiction, then yes, there will be questions asked and potentially uh, the payment will be stopped. Okay, Minister, I want to uh, go to another issue if I can and the ongoing feud in uh, Drogheda and uh, when cash is confiscated from criminal gangs uh, on Friday, uh, the Criminal Assets Bureau seized two mobile homes worth €20,000, an Audi A6 worth 20000 and another worth 14000 uh, This was on an order that was granted uh, by uh, the court under Operation Stratus and it was granted on the balance of probability that the assets were acquired as a result of criminal activity. Now, the Gardaí locally have been very successful seizing huge amounts of cash and as you know, Minister, the suggestion from the Chief Superintendent, Christy Mangan, is that that money would be diverted to local addiction services. It would be my firm opinion that it should be going to the local drug networks uh, who are combating, trying to combat uh, drug addiction and so on and so forth. We have brilliant people involved there, but what I hear from them on a very regular basis is that they have no money whatsoever. And I would welcome to, that they, they, their activities, uh, if we could maybe get 100,000 out of all the money that we seize and it was given to local, local charities to deal with drug addiction, I'd be really delighted. Absolutely. That's the Chief Superintendent Christy Mangan speaking at a, a recent meeting of uh, the Joint Policing Committee in Dundalk. Mister, you seem uh, to like this idea and you seem to be suggesting to Fergus O'Dowd in uh, the Dáil uh, that you would try to progress this idea. What more can you tell us this morning? Well, look, you're right in saying that this is something, um, I don't think it's a new suggestion. I think it's something that has been um, put out there for a number of years, but for some reason it hasn't happened. Um, If you look at how funding is divided and where those proceeds of crime go, they go directly into the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform and Finance. um, And any division of that or specific ring fencing has not happened to date. What I'm hoping to do and what I would like to do uh, and have started doing in terms of conversations with my own officials but also with members of the Gardaí and, and beyond that is to look and see how we could potentially progress this. As I've said, it hasn't happened today. Are they the right people to speak to, Minister? Uh, I mean, this is a decision for the Minister for Finance, is it not? It is, but my understanding and, and I suppose the way that I would approach this is uh, without going to the, 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 the Minister with a relevant um, reasoning and, and I suppose a, a plan and, and I suppose an outline of how this might work. Um, he's maybe not the first person to go to. So I think there's a, a body of work that needs to be done engaging with those, um, I suppose, who, who see this as a good idea, but also looking at how this could potentially work. Uh, as I said, it, it, it hasn't, it, it's not the first time that it's been suggested. Yes, it hasn't happened. So I need to understand why. But what I would feel is that we have set somewhat of a precedent. If you look at the fact that funding that has been taken in now from carbon tax where we mm. will increase from 20 to 100 euro we are specifically and have committed to in our program for government ring fencing it in three key areas for agriculture for uh, supporting of, of vulnerable persons mm. but also in the investment in infrastructure so to me i would see some you know a, a level of a precedent okay. there for specific funding Very good. Is being Mi- ring fenced, Mi- minister what, what that i want to look at myself. What, what do you think the next step uh, in this process of progressing this will be or when that next step can be expected well, look, I'm 
three weeks into my role. Sure. And, yeah. and as you can understand, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm trying to, to get my head around, but also uh, ensure that I, I understand exactly what's within my remit and what's not. Um, so I'm, I'm at the early stages of trying to progress this, but certainly I will keep you, I will keep Deputy O'Dowd, but many other deputies who have raised this with me and indeed uh, Chief Superintendent Mangan as I progress this and, and the, hopefully the, the progress that I can make on this, I will certainly keep you informed. Very good. A- a- any uh, other comment uh, in relation to Fergus O'Dowd, the aforementioned Fergus O'Dowd, uh, who is very disappointed by all accounts at uh, the outcome of uh, the vote for last count Corla. Uh, was he shafted by Fianna Fáil or what happened there? Well, look, I'll, I'll be very honest. I'm, I'm personally very disappointed for Fergus. I know he's extremely disappointed. We had 80 government TDs uh, who voted. Fergus received 74 votes. Um, if you take into account the fact that potentially non-government TDs could have voted for him as well, which I'm sure they did, um, then there is a number of government TDs who did not vote for him. Now, this vote is anonymous and that we don't know who voted for who. So, you know, but I, I 15 government party TDs. Finger. Uh, well, we, we don't know exactly how many. But well, that is the calculation, it, is it not 15? There were 80 government TDs mm. who voted 74 votes for Deputy O'Dowd. Now, I don't know the breakdown of where he secured votes elsewhere and, and perhaps he mm. could tell you that, but I think it's extremely disappointing. Um, I think if we are in a government together, um, we need to be able to, to trust each other in, in these kind of circumstances. Is there a question of trust? Carry through. Um, I, I think at this stage, look, this is one incident. Um, I don't think, uh, I, I'm not happy about it. I think a lot of people aren't, but I think we need to, to not base the entire government on this one incident. But certainly it's disappointing. And I think if something like this were to happen again, then questions would have to be raised. But look, we don't know who voted what way. Uh, we're not going to know. We never will know. But as I've said, I think we need to ensure that as we go forward as a government, there has to be trust. We have to be able to work with each other. And I apply that to myself and to all of my colleagues uh, as well, if we want this to succeed. Um, so while this is a disappointing start, I think, look, we need to move beyond this. And, and while I'm personally disappointed for, for Fergus O'Dowd, as I know he is um, upset by this, I know that he will move on as well and, and will work with government colleagues um, in the spirit that is intended as well. Okay, Minister, thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, this thank morning. You. Thank you. That's uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, Fine Gael TD for Mideast. East. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.